Hello and welcome to the All Right Podcast. My latest interview was with renowned PR guru, women's rights activist and all-round inspirational woman. In this podcast, Lynn talks about moving to Wincanton, her past as a famous PR guru, her current project and seed, a bit about I'm a Celebrity and of course the future. Lynn has a couple of events coming up. One on Thursday, March the 8th at Wincanton Town Hall. The second is at the Watershed in Bristol. That's on March the 11th. Go along to those. She'll be talking about the power of women and shaping the future. And it will also include a screening of the landmark movie Suffragette, followed by a panel discussion on how women together can shape the future, chaired by women's champion, Lynn Franks. There will also be inspirational women community leaders. So get yourself along. That's the 8th of March at Wincanton Town Hall, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. And the Watershed in Bristol on the 11th of March at 2 till 5 p.m. You can get tickets for the Wincanton Town Hall event on 01963 370857. That's 01963 370857 and for the watershed in Bristol on the 11th of March it's watershed.co.uk we're going to go straight in with Lynn talking about moving to Somerset so enjoy and we'll chat at the end bye welcome to Somerset and then she told me about this house I bought which has this shop front which I've now opened as of the last two days as a shop which is I'm really happy with and then once I bought that not that I've got unlimited money because I absolutely don't (laughs) but uh, once I bought that I thought the pub next door which what didn't seem to be doing terribly well the old red lion that was um, was would be great to have as a well-being hub so the owner was happy to sell so that's what I bought it and at the moment that's a building site this was a building site this is now looking gorgeous and apart from clearing the ghosts out which I had to do from here um, it just became home very quickly and everybody that comes to my place which I have a lot of visitors because I love having people come yeah I uh, just remember how happy it feels it's you know how family and cozy and it feels like all my belongings which have been traveling the world with me have all found their home so I know this is my forever home so that's interesting because you set up your your pr firm what was it in the early 70s was it yeah it was at the beginning of the 70s it was in covent garden and then we had the first shop in covent garden wow a bit like a first shop that's in wincanton but i've got the first <laughs> shop that's like mine i do feel it's a bit like that pioneering time again and lots of wonderful <laughs> in Canton I may say but yeah so at that point it was like Covent Garden was a new place I had one client I'd met Catherine Hamnett who became obviously a very successful world-renowned designer still is and um, then I took her to a Buddhist exhibition in 1985 and called Choose Life and that's when she got inspired or was it 95 I lose track actually to be honest um I think it was 85 but yeah uh, she got inspired to do those big slogan t-shirts which she's still doing actually yes uh, all over the festivals this summer saying choose love which are now money going to refugees um so that's where she got inspired so between us we went around promoting those big slogan t-shirts wow. for years really were for me the beginning of kind of consciousness that the, what was behind live aid in a way it was what started getting people more aware that we could all make a difference even if it's just putting a slogan on our t-shirt and yeah um, so that was wonderful and uh, business relationship and um then i started working a lot in the fashion industry 
and uh, created London Fashion Week and started the British Fashion Awards and was sort of doing a lot of things like that and putting a lot of energy into it. But at the same time, the pressure and the stress was so much that I had small children and I was trying to be all things to all people that I started chanting a particular Buddhist practice, which I still do, where I chant Nam Myoho Kyo every day in a Buddhist prayers. And um, that was when I realized that, in fact, I'd like to be involved in more things that I cared about, yeah. uh, not just latest frock length. So... I got involved in human rights and women's rights. I worked on huge awareness campaigns using my professional skills, creating awareness for HIV, for, for environmental issues, working with Human Rights Watch, um, really finding out what was happening in the world. And then I actually sold my business in 89, um, got out in 91, and started uh, really traveling the world speaking at women's conferences and realizing that there was so much that needed to be changed for women um i was chair of a women's radio station at that point in london called viva and i had a radio program called frankly speaking where i could interview interesting people but it was really still early days amazing Um, and then i put on an event called what women want at the south bank the the 95 there was a uh, the last of the really big women's UN conferences in Beijing, which was an amazing experience. And I was due to go there. So the week before, after months of um, getting together, I put on, I took over the whole of the South Bank and put on this huge women's festival. First time there'd been anything like that, really, in England, where women learn to use the internet and talk about sex, their sexuality openly and about then about natural health. And it, it was... Uh, I, the late great Nita Roddick was very supportive of what I was doing and there were some wonderful people involved and um, so we had all like two day seminar on the South Bank what women want and then I did a conf- uh, a big concert on the last night with Sinead O'Connor and Chrissy Hind and um, women nuns and Jermaine Greer and uh, other great women artists and um, it was a phenomenal, wonderful experience. Um, and from then on, I really got, I did go to China and I was at the conference and I was sending back stories. And then I ended up speaking in women's conferences all over the world and listening and finding out what I could see was going to be happening as far as women were concerned as the world moved forward and how there needed to be equality between the sexes. We're not the same as each other. Um, you know, and some women can be more masculine, some men can be more feminine. It doesn't really matter, but but it was clear that we needed to have gender balance and equality for everybody, actually. So um, as I sort of worked with women from Africa and women from Bosnia after the war there and got involved in all sorts of projects, I realised that I'd found my life purpose, which was to work with women. So I went to live in California and I wrote a book called Seed Handbook. Well, I wrote another book called Absolutely Now, for obvious reasons, because <laughs> I know you've very kindly not mentioned. But, you know, I was out, so I wrote a sort of book about my life up till now, and then really how I saw the future. It was really about yeah. the future. And uh, then I wrote the Seed Handbook, which was uh, Seed is an acronym for Sustainable Enterprise and Empowerment Dynamics, and it's the feminine way to create business. Which there'd never been a book written for women about business about starting their own enterprise and using the metaphors of planting a garden planting seeds and nurturing the seeds and so on and that book came out in in all the english-speaking world in the states in the uk and in uh, um came out in japanese came out in german and various other countries and uh became really the basis of not only a few more books that i wrote for women but the basis for a whole series of learning content 
where she taught women how to start businesses and work together as community leaders. And, and I'm still developing all that. That's fantastic. For me, the feeling I get is that women's rights within the past three to four years, it feels like it's come a, a very long way compared to the previous, well, <laughs> the infinite amount of time. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how far it's come and, and how much it still needs to progress? Well, I think it has come a long way in terms of awareness, but we still have a very large gender pay gap in this country alone. Mm. We still have um, large organisations, be them corporate, political, uh, third sector, which are all run by men, like even in the large charities. Yes, we have more women leaders, but a lot of them have taken the kind of male route. What I believe we need to have is an evolution, whether it's men and women, of systems, that we have a system change, which is not based on up, down, but actually down circular management systems or leadership systems where we're all leaders and we all work and support each other. And really, I believe that it's people of my age, women and men, but mostly women, really in the role now where we should move into our wise woman, wise men role and support younger generation coming up based on our experience. So it's like women that just go into the male world and live a male life, I think get sick. An awful lot of women I know have got sick because they've done that. So it's just not the way they are naturally. And I think for men, it's hard work too. I mean, we're seeing so many suicides, young men and things, young people generally, I just find that so terribly sad and heartbreaking. So that's in this country alone. Yeah. As far as uh, women's equality in the world, we are still way, way, way behind. I mean, I can't give you the actual figures, but the amount of countries where young girls are not educated, where they're sold off as brides or sex slavery at like 11, 12 years old. You know, we have a, a situation in the world where women are very much still second class citizens in many, many countries, huge countries with huge populations where women are allowed not to own any land, have any rights, any inheritance rights, not allowed to start their own businesses. Everything has to be signed off by their husbands. So it depends if you look locally or if you look globally. And the reality is that it is still a vastly out of balance world as far as gender is concerned, vastly. Having said that, you know, I have a son, I have three grand, four grandsons, I have a partner, male partner, you know, <laughs> I care about men. So I think it's important that we all support each other and take each other together into the future. But, but, but it is not a balanced world. We've come a long no. way, you might think, from reading the newspapers, but the reality is that we haven't, actually. Well, in terms of the things like the high suicide rate, uh, still that disparity in equality, what are the kind of steps that we need to make to progress? Well, we must, I believe, ensure worldwide that the girl child gets education. That's the most important thing. Mm. Things that need to be looked at and are being looked at need to be, have more time and money spent on them, like FGM, like female genital mutilation, like rape as a weapon for war. I've worked a lot in the whole area of sexual violence against girls and women worldwide, and it is just horrific what happens and is still happening. So the more awareness we can bring about about that, the better. We need to um, empower, apart from girls having education, women need to be empowered and given the tools to do what they do naturally, which is start small endeavors, small initiatives, small enterprises in areas, disaster areas or poverty areas, which will bring them an income where they can actually support each other and work together. It's all about collaboration. And I've started a new project called Power of Seven, which um, is on my website, which is on the Lynn Franks website, which we can give the details later, with a little film which talks about seven archetypes. Um, which uh, cover all aspects of a woman's life, really, from wisdom keeper, seed sower, 
storyteller and so on. I can talk about them more in detail. And so I'm actually talking to Action Aid at the moment, which is a global charity, a huge global charity. Massive. The power of seven into some of the work we're doing together in women in disaster areas and women as leaders. That's, and in fact, if I look at it, it's the same thing locally. I've actually been doing, I've been workshopping power of seven workshops for the last six months really and I taught one at Glastonbury Festival, taught one at WOMAD, I taught them, I uh, had a big retreat at the Earth Spirit Centre in uh, Comps and Dundas just outside Glastonbury this year, mm. 50 women. So I've been workshopping it out and finding out what it is I'm trying to do. I'm writing, going to rewrite it, I'm not at the moment, so I'm too busy, but I am going to be writing a book about it next year. So I do think small groups of women, first of all we have to sort out ourselves. So mm. we start with ourselves and we look at all the different aspects of ourselves and see what's out of sync and what's out of harmony and what's out of balance. And that's as relevant to a young man like you as it is to an old woman like me. But for some people, that some men, they're not quite ready for it. But it's <laughs> feminine language. Um, and, um, it's, uh, it's about keeping in balance and harmony with ourselves. Once we've got that sort of like under some kind of, uh, never constant, but some kind of balance, we then can move out and work in a circle of seven women where we all take one of those archetype roles on to create an initiative in our community or to start a business together or just to support each other. So I've started one in Froome, a group of meeting quite regularly. There's other people who want to start one around here. Uh, it's just I have to do more workshops next year, which is the plan to uh, enable and to support the women to do these um, events. These small groups meet regularly. And... Um, and then once we've got our initiatives going, then I think it's up to us to uh, link up with other groups or maybe from one group of seven, each one in that circle can then start another circle. So it becomes like almost like a grid of uh, what I call flower of life, seed of life. It's all based on sacred geometry. And um, um, that, that those circles grow. So it becomes from me, the personal, we, the small collective, the pods, to us, which is society and how can we create societal shift i believe it's from the bottom up it's circular it's small groups it's women's led and um it's how do we go into community and create change but fact is that you know there's less and less people going to church less and less people going to synagogue less and less. there are less people that believe in the traditional ways ironically not necessarily the muslim um faith which uh, people stay pretty passionate about that but mm. but uh, i think for many of the others it is Certainly Christianity, as we know, the figures are way down and people are looking for uh, some kind of alternative spiritual belief as well. So it's about bringing our values into everything we do, our spiritual values, which are basically human values. You don't even have to think of yourself as spiritual. It's about caring about others, having integrity, um, caring about community, um, being compassionate. And most of all, you know, honestly and truly feeling the love without sounding too much of a hippie, which was I know. Yeah. <laughs> bringing love into everything is really what it is. It's bringing love into work, bringing love into um, creativity, bringing love into community. And, and, I, and I'm really, even with my little shop that I started at the weekend here, I, I had a little ritual with my people my team that we were all working together before they opened the shop and I said let everybody whether they buy something or not let everybody that comes through this door leave with some feeling of their heart touched or some feeling of love that's lovely that's what we should be doing really and I've bought the pub next door in marketplace um which is the old red line in Wincanton um as I said earlier and that's going to be a well-being hub and I want whether it's we're going to have like healthy cocktails, non-alcoholic and alcoholic in the evenings and live music and DJs and cabaret and fun stuff. And we've got workshops upstairs as well, and retreats, bedrooms. 
um, but I want everything that happens there to give people a feeling of well of wellness, and that is heart, mind, heart, body, uh, and we can have fun and we can enjoy ourselves, and enjoy each other, but you know, let it all come from a place of um, authenticity, I yeah. guess, and, and wellness, wellness of spirit, because this world of ours, you just we touched before on the suicide, this was our human spirit is so damaged at the moment and every time we pick up the newspapers or we read the magazines or the news on tv it is just so dreadful and you just think mm. we, we need healing you know the amount of people that are on antidepressant medication on farm you know the amount of sickness going on never mind the men, amount of mental illness generally it has to change and young people it has to change so we mm. have to be examples so i want what i'm going to be doing here not only to be a hub for Somerset and for Wincanton of what wellness and spiritual wellness, but I want it to be something that can go out around the world. And as I'm working on a couple of very big global campaigns um, with ActionAid and also a very big environmental project, which um, could, it could really change the world, it's huge. Wow. Uh, I do think that one can, you know, and I want this place itself to be a beacon of light. You know, mm. you can do things anywhere. And Somerset is a very, very special place to do it because we know we we know from the tour and we know we've got Stonehenge and all these eight sacred ancient sites, which I totally believe, you know, tie us into the land in a very deep way and the traditions of uh, Avalon and so on, that, um, you know, we can do things here which can affect the world. I mean, goodness sake, Glastonbury, Pilton houses the biggest worthy farm, houses the biggest music festival in the world, which has influenced thousands of people and been copied all over the world and is watched by millions. So if we can do that out of here, um, we can, you know, we can do anything. It's a magical place, Somerset, and I love it. Absolutely love it. I share that same feeling about Somerset. For me... Uh, I was born in the lovely town of Yeovil. Okay. <laughs> Do you live in Wincanton? I don't anymore. I live West London now. Oh, uh, I see. But, so but you're, I... you're calling me from old trendy West London, I guess. <laughs> exactly. You'll be, back. you'll be back, believe me. <laughs> I mean, the amount of friends that I've got who are moving out here is incredible. Every day I hear another you know, friends, group of friends of all different ages that are coming to live here. You'll be back so fast. It's expensive, London. How can you afford it? it? I know. It's a nightmare of traffic and the air is terrible. I hate it. I have to go up for two days this week and I can't wait to get back. <laughs> but I'm running around, I must say. I want to go and see the... Uh, thing is, there are culturally interesting things. I want to go and see yeah. the Avon um, exhibition at uh, South Bank and, I want, and I'm going, I've got tickets booked for Star Wars at the IMAX. You know, there are certain Lovely. things you have to go for London for. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, in and out as quickly as possible. It takes me quicker to go up to London than it does to get across London these days. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, what yeah. I don't even recognise it. Walk around Soho, walk around Shoreditch. I can't even. We Notting Hill. Well, Notting Hill's not too bad. I can't even recognise it really. It's just like, what happens when you, you come know. down the 303? <laughs> you drive through and you just hit. Sort of in Canton turn off, or just before actually. Actually, after you go through Stonehenge, really. Yeah. Through, and then you see the Somerset Hills or the, the, the landscape and you think <laughs> Def you're definitely right with that it's interesting what you were saying about everyone having some kind of spiritual aspect they just don't know they have it well 
I, I think it's just human values, you know. It's like if you stay in the, if you stay in your true, authentic self, whether you think you're spiritual or you don't think you're spiritual, it doesn't matter really. Whatever your belief system is, if you stick by the highest moral code, you can. You know, you don't have. We're not all angels. We're human beings, and we make loads of mistakes. And I certainly do. But you yeah. know, if you can keep yourself, you know, really as you know as conscious as possible, as aware mm. and present as possible, you'll catch yourself suddenly doing something where you should think that's a bit shitty. I don't think I will do that. <laughs> I, I will give that taxi driver a tip. <laughs> but, um, actually, I'm noticed I don't even expect it in London anymore. They take so long to get anywhere. They don't. <laughs> amazing but um yeah no it's, it's just kind of being the best you can doing the yeah. being, being not doing but being the best you can your yeah best, being your best self really that's, that's what being spiritual is yeah that's lovely did you watch i'm a celebrity this year yeah a bit of it yeah yeah, a bit of it, yeah, yeah. is there this is from a personal perspective i'd be interested to know do you think there's anyone in there you you would have got on with more than others or maybe not got on with i didn't watch that much of it to be honest i thought no. it was a little I think I do think it's a bit tired. I do think the format's a little bit tired. Yeah. Think, oh, poor old Ant's a little bit tired. And Ant and Deacon. The whole thing. Is yeah. Um, but I thought the girl that won was terrific. I, even if she's a Tory, I mean, I think you know she's she's a real sweetheart and smart and bright and lovely and pretty, you know. But it but it it's I, I rather liked um, Stanley Johnson actually. I was I was oh. surprised that. Uh, you know, he's a character and he's a good guy. I thought all of them, they all seem to like each other a lot more these days. When I was put in, I was put up against Janice Dickinson and the horrific Katie Hopkins and some old footballer. <laughs> horrible. I mean, but some of the people were lovely. I was sharing a caravan out there with Christopher Biggins, who's one of the most wonderful people I know. And I love him. quite rightly one. So, um, you know, I was there actually with some lovely people, really yeah. lovely people. Keris Matthews. I, I got on with nearly everybody there really well. And it was just so, but to be up against Janice Dickinson, who does reality shows for a living and who is a monster, I was so naive, really, so naive. But, and Katie Hopkins, that was her, like, one. she'd been on The Apprentice and then she went, I'm a celebrity. So she was in her early days, but she was working towards becoming the nastiest person in the media then. And I was like, oh. And I was just so stupid because I was a PR person and I should have been a lot more, a lot more nouse about it, but I didn't. But I do think it's got tired. I do really think it's got tired for me now. And also, I didn't think the cameras were on me at all. At all. I thought they were on the young people, but they do edit it. You know, of course they do. And of course you're watched 24 seven, which you also forget about, you know, you're talking away to each other and you do tend to forget that every tree is actually not a tree. <laughs> paper mache with a person with a camera inside. Yeah, and you've got a mic around you all the time. Um, it's all a bit silly, really. Yeah. The delirious uh, mentalism rice. <laughs> a lot of weight, but I ate so much when I came out, I put it back on pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, the, um, I do agree with you. I do think the format's slightly tired. What would be your piece of advice in terms of promoting yourself and your own business? It's really about networking, isn't it? You know, at the yeah. end of the day, it's personal recommendation. You know, you can't, you can't, you can send a blog of yourself to the CEO or of the, some big PR company and think they're going to put it on in their inbox, but they're just going to think, pushy bastard. I mean, basically, you, it's all about networking. And it's just like, who do you know and who can, you know, and how do you schmooze your way in and putting yourself out there and doing a really good job so you get recommended, you know? Yes. That's what it is. I mean, but it is a different day now. Than I when I was about so I guess if you're doing a blog about what you do and you make it 
and you build it up with social media. I mean, that's what people would say. You do a blog about what you do. You show you really know what you're talking about. You build it up with social media. You make sure you like all the people that you want to read. Put yourselves out on Twitter. You know how to do it. It's your job. So there's all that stuff as well. You know, whatever you want to call yourself. Call yourself, um, you know, the marketeer or whatever you want to call it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so there's all that, the modern way to market. And the other way is the schmoozy poozy networking. <laughs> that's a bit I enjoy, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... Well, I mean, that's the best way, really. But, but it is also about, you know, building up what you do. Which yeah. I, thank God it wasn't like that in my day. I mean, in my day, it was a small world. It was all, you know, it was like just doing a good job, getting yourself out there and um, making sure your name goes on every bit of branding you're doing for other people. Yeah. Made by, blog by. So you put your brand out, you know, double brand it. (laughs) Double brand. I like that. Yeah. Double brand it. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's, that's really interesting. I'll close it with this. Um, Essentially, there's a a few things you've said there about trying to create communities outside of your sort of immediate community if we call it that and passing on the message for me the idea with this podcast firstly I called it all right because when when you're in Somerset first thing they say is all right that's kind of that you know I never have that's because they don't talk to me very much (laughs) what do they call them people that come lately London it's uh, just down from is it JDFL or just down from (laughs) 40 years no they do people are very nice here but i never they don't say that to me all right oh i'm gonna watch right people now are they what are they going all right all right all right right okay i'm gonna do that now all right excellent well thank you very much lynn i really really do appreciate your time okay Um, my is uh, (laughs) just to get the pr bit in is uh www.linfranks, L-Y-N-N-E, linfranks.com. And on that, there's a page, a Power of Seven page, which talks, it's got little films talking about my new work. And I am doing retreats here in Somerset from March, starting uh, International Women's Day, around about March the 8th, which is going to be... Amazing. Um, actually celebrating the Wise Woman retreat, which is going to be for 45-year-old-plus women, moving into their leadership time. Um, but I will be doing other lots of events here. So I would just say if people can write, even contact me on my website and get on our mailing list, we'll, men and women, we'll tell them all what we're doing here in Somerset over 2018. Oh, I, I, will, I will be on that as well, I think. What a fantastic story. I'm sure you'll all agree that Lynn is very inspiring to listen to. And if you want to be inspired in person, you can go to her event, Power of Women, Shaping the Future, at Wincanton Town Hall, 8th of March, 6.30 to 9.30pm, or the Watershed in Bristol, 2 till 5pm, and that's on the 11th of March. You can buy tickets for the Watershed one at watershed.co.uk, and for the Wincanton Town Hall one, the number is at the start of this podcast. I would like to thank Lynn for some very valuable time out to talk to me and i would also like to congratulate her on her obe so well done to lynn and i will be back very soon with another podcast bye